Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Every now and then, Rachel, we have things happen to us that are really bad. And when we call each other and tell each other what happened, there's no way around admitting how bad it was. But then we say to each other, which feels like the upside, oh... That would make a good podcast. Yeah. Welcome to the big payoff. Oh, are you going to tell what happened to you this week? Well, it, for I'm going to talk about what happened to me, and then Rachel needs to admit what happened to her, because they all go together with the theme that we're going to be talking about today, which is fatal distraction. What happens when you are so distracted that it actually ends up interfering? And we're not going to be talking about it the way everybody else talks about it. You know, we're going to talk about how this affects you at work. Um, But let me just start off by talking about what happened to me. Rachel, you were in the car. So we're pulling out of the parking lot at Navy Pier. We were taping a show. And I got a call and the call was upsetting to me and put me on edge. And I'm both taking the call and thinking to myself, oh, what I'm going to tell Rachel about that call as soon as I get off that call. So I'm really like in the call and I'm irritated and I get into my car and Rachel's getting in and I have one of those, um, you know, my engine starts. What are those called? What is it called when you start your car? Keyless. Thank you. Thank you. A keyless car. So I, I, you know, get in the car and start the car without the fob. And Rachel and I start heading down and out of Navy Pier through two traffic lights, through the parking lot, through two traffic lights. And as we get to the second traffic light, a man is Waving and waving and waving at us. Well, there was one guy on the sidewalk who yes. had waved earlier. We were like, hey, hey. it's on. Must be fans. And then a guy pulled hey. the car pulls up and he's like pointing to something and, and yelling. So, yelling. So we, we pull down. I pull down the window and he's like, your keys are on top of the car. OK, so I get out of the car and not only are my keys, my fob on top of the car. So is my phone. Right. So, and, and and not only that, but she was on her way to a really tense meeting. Yes. She was going to have to – as soon as I got out of the car, she was going to have to make some calls. She would have discovered, by the way, the key would have fallen off. 
the car would have stopped. Eventually, the car would have stopped when it got far enough away. But I wouldn't have known where, why why, or where the key was. And then I would No, have, it wouldn't have even occurred to you that no. the key was on top of the right. car. No, I would have. I mean, some people at, leave their coffee on top of the car, yeah. which I've done before, but key and phone. And my phone. And then I would have gone to call someone for help. And that led us into a conversation oh, about actually last year. What happened to me was it was raining. I was in a cab. I was on the phone with you and Paolo Gariano, and I was getting – I was going into a manicure place, and I told the cab to stop, and I was doing three things at once. I was talking to you guys. I was telling the cab to stop. I was going, you, you pass the place, you pass the place. It was pouring rain. I was getting my umbrella out. I get out. I get into the manicure place. I sit down, and I go, where's my suitcase? And it was – I had left it in the cab, in the trunk of the cab. I spent the next three days hysterically calling, quote, big air quotes here, lost and found at New York <laughs> City taxi cab, where it's like, you lost it, we found it, goodbye. And, of course, I never got it back. And because I had been coming from a – um a graduation, my niece's graduation, and I was packing at the last minute. I literally had taken my entire jewelry box and just went, you know what? Fuck it. I'm putting the whole thing in here. And then I couldn't decide what to wear. So I took all my best clothes and I just dumped yes. it in the suitcase, oh, God. called it a day, never got any of that back. Ne- all my heirloom jewelry, everything. Done. So between these stories, Rachel and I said, there is a podcast in here for you. But, but you know, Suzanne said it before. You're bombarded by the message of like, don't multitask. Um, texting and driving is fatal. Okay, but you shouldn't do the texting and driving in that voice. Okay, it, texting, and, it, texting and driving is fatal. Texting don't and driving multi- is fatal. Yeah. Um, and ADD has become the sort of universal descriptor of our chronic condition of, of certain anybody in any power. He's got ADD. She's got ADD. Those are not the messages we have to talk to, about today. We have much more subtle, more interesting ways in which your lack of attention affects you every day and all the people around you every day in ways that you aren't realizing. So here's the what you're not seeing. If you're in a meeting and at some point you get bored and you take out your phone as it's become the norm today. Even if it's under the t- table, by the way, everybody knows what you're doing. They're not, they know you're not like checking your underwear. Right. And you're, quote, you know, typing quickly so that no one notices and everybody does. What's interesting is there are people, and I know this, who believe that that's a power move. This kind of like, yeah, I know. You this, lost me here. You lost me here. And, you know, I know the meeting, you guys keep talking, but I'm going to focus on something more important. But in fact, the minute you took out that phone, you lost your power because what happens in a meeting is full of nuance. It's full of body language. It's full of subtle things that flew by you that weren't part of the big bullet point headlines. And the minute you take your eye or ear off that story in the room, you're out of it. You're also signaling so you've lost something, as Suzanne said. That's true. You've lost something. But you're also signaling that you don't have the capacity to, to pay, pay attention. attention. And you become this cold spot in the lake that everybody has to swim 
through now. There's your part of the room has lost temperature, energy. It's it's a major drag on everybody. And other people are picking up the weight for you, by the way. Absolutely. I know that the times, and again, we've all done this, when you're on a conference call, and so you're multitasking because you're just on the phone and nobody can see you. But the truth is, the people who are focused and on that call are doing the heavy lifting for you, and you're not. And at some point, that becomes obvious. Who on the call is actually doing the thinking, being intelligent, saying things that are relevant, and when you lose out on that, when you've given up that opportunity, unless you're literally the CEO of a company who can go nowhere but, you know, down, so you've proven everything, which is probably not someone listening to this podcast, you always should be in it. Well, even if you're the CEO, then your role is even more important. Your leadership is being watched yeah. so closely right? Just like it is at home. And so so let's look at what's actually happening in those moments, Suzanne. What is actually going on when you do that? What's going on is that you're trying to be in more than one place at once. You, you, you suddenly lose your tolerance and lose your, your ability to literally tolerate being in a place where you are feeling either inadequate to the information being delivered or impatient because you already knew that. If you can't tolerate that kind of discomfort and you train yourself to then bounce off and go someplace else, your muscles for attention are becoming weaker. This is – I'm so glad you said that. Just like you can train yourself to be focused – You can train yourself to be unfocused and you watch it all the time. I mean, everyone we know, and I've been in cars with people in my own family who are doing this, where I get it that you're at a stoplight. And so technically you can check your email. But the fact is you don't need to. And it's yes, it's about safety 100 percent. But it's also about you are training yourself to not even be able to tolerate the 60 second stop at a stoplight. Imagine how that plays out in the rest of the world if you cannot even handle the the time it takes for the light to turn green. So let's now also talk about it from a human sort of moral ground or a human interactive ground. The biggest gift you have to offer anybody is your presence. It is so generous it is – it really it, – it, it is, you know, just to quote that whole thing that everybody quotes every other sentence now about Maya Angelou. People don't remember what you say or did. They remember the how you made them feel. Your presence, if you can train your presence to be there 100 percent, that is what people remember. And everybody comes to an interaction fully present. But if you're not, it is it is tremendously ungenerous and that's how everybody's going to remember yeah. you. So the final thing I would say, and then we should talk, Rachel, about how we get out of this, what you should do. If any of the things that were the stories that we've told or the examples sound familiar, then then let's offer some help. But the final thing I want to say here is that just like you can untrain yourself to pay attention, 
passion drives passion. Focus drives focus. Passion it, drives attention. Attention. And then, exactly. And then, right. So, but here's the thing. If you pay attention, everybody thinks that they have to be passionate about something in order to pay attention. That's not how it works. It actually works like this. You pay attention. Oh, look, you become more interested in something. Now that you're more interested in something, you pay more attention to it. That's how it works, people. A hundred percent. And so you've to, this is a practice. It's a practice. And push yourselves to do it. The minute you're in a room and you find yourself reaching for that phone or you find yourself like Rachel and I were in a situation in which you just know you're in a zone and mm. the zone is not good then this is really what you can do. So first of all, know what your capacity is. So if you do set up a meeting and the meeting goes, you know, longer than your capacity, that's on you, okay? So I know, for example, and Rachel and I always say it, I really have a three-hour, it's almost on on the money, I mean, to the minute. And that's a lot. I'm just saying I know some people can't do you know, 30 minutes. But I'm saying for me, if we're in a client meeting and it goes past three hours, I check out. And so Rachel and I, for the most part, have a rule where we just say we don't schedule client, even if it's like a working session, a workshop that's more than three hours. So don't let yourself get to the point where you're committing to things that just don't work with your physiology or your attention span. And also don't, that said, while you're, you know, respect your limits, understand and structure around them. Also, don't let yourself get off the hook. So if you find yourself just kind of instinctively going for your phone and you've been watching the phone, do not imagine that nobody saw that. And say, actually call yourself out and say, I'm sorry. And then put the phone visibly away and go, I won't do that again. You know what my dad says, which is, it's a great mantra. Whenever you're asking yourself, like, should I tell people that or should I kind of keep it to myself? My dad always says, you in that moment have to always assume they're going to find out Mm -hmm. no matter. Or they already know. Or they already know. So it's the same thing with your phone and your attention. Just assume Call that the, yourself out and the of, people yeah. in the room are going to know yeah. that you've lost tension, attention and distraction. But I, I think, Rachel, we should really end with the fact that this is a struggle. I mean, there's yeah. no per, I don't know anyone, me, you, people with long attention, short attention, who really are doing this consistently. You know, it's such a struggle that I turn off. You know how long it takes for an iPhone to turn on, right? So I turn off. Off, not on silent, off my phone when I go to dinner with people because I I can't resist. Yeah. I'm too weak. And it's not just about your phone. Let's just be clear about that. It's not that. I mean, as Rachel's and my examples at the top of the show, we were just, you know, you're in a zone. You yeah. get to a point where your head is not where it needs to be. Stop. Stop. Just take a moment and, and stop. And I am telling you, first of all, we should, well, I'm going to say, I felt so badly for Rachel when that happened. I mean, it was the most traumatic because it was everything in that suitcase was so personal to her, let alone the fact that it was just, we all can imagine what that would feel like, just watching the cab pull away with like all your stuff in it. So the only thing that I could do, because I couldn't replace any of her jewelry, was I did replace a pair of shoes. I remember that. You had just Precious. bought them. Those brown sandals yes. from Barney's. And yep. she loved them and she was I so know. excited about them. So that was the only thing I felt like I could do. But I'm sure it was, you know, it's probably all the time that you think about that jewelry. 
All the time. Yeah. And for about 10 days afterwards, I changed my habits radically about being on the phone in a cab and then I went right back to school. <laughs> so, you know, follow what we what we say, not what we do. We'll see you next time on The Big Payoff. Sorry, I, what'd you say? <laughs> If you like what you heard, you can find us at BigPayoffRadio.com, on iTunes, on the Acast app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please, please rate and review us. It matters. It matters.